0: Beautiful, Rose. Thank you very much. You'll notice that was not Victoria Hall. She is sick this morning, so we hope you feel better, Victoria, if you're watching this. We are in the book of Luke this morning. If you care to turn there to that passage Mike read for us. Chapter 1, the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Throughout this Advent season, we've been thinking about this notion of Emmanuel. God with us. First, it was uh, God with Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, uh, and his receiving the news of his bride to be's unique condition <laughs> and what that would mean for him. Uh, God's witness brought Joseph great difficulty in the short term, but also uh, it brought great blessing. But we said that uh, Jesus' birth was far from God's first attempt at Emmanuel being with us, uh, his creation. Centuries before that, 700 years before, we saw how God was with the nation of Israel. Even though their own king, King Ahaz, rejected him, God still made and then kept his promise of witness, Because God always keeps his promise. And because God wanted to be with them, his people. Last Sunday, we looked even further back in time, clear back to the Exodus and how as God led his people, Israel, out of slavery in Egypt, he asked them to build a special tent for him so that he might be Emmanuel, God with them right in their midst, even in the wilderness, even with all the tensions that existed between his holiness and their sin. God wanted to be, and he wanted his people to know that he was with them. Emmanuel. Our world tends to think of God, if they think of him at all, as more of a detached, holy other you know, sort of being, uh, an unfeeling, disinterested power in the sky. But that's not at all who God is. God's heart desire, what moved him to create in the first place, is to be with us. He wants to be with humanity. The only creature he made in his image And the human story is filled with his efforts to make that happen. To be fully with the God who made us. And so to be for all time whole and complete. That is heaven. That is heaven to us. But amazingly, that is also heaven to God. Believe it or not... His great desire, the purpose behind all that he has done is to be with us. Ever since the fall, his pursuit is to be wholly reunited with his human creation. But, how to do that? Since sin damaged us so badly. Uh, that required forgiveness and restoration on God's part. And that required Jesus to come. And that required Mary. Because in spite of what our crazy world thinks today, to bring forth a baby does require a woman. And in Mary, let me tell you, God chose a great one. A great one. Just like we said about Joseph, you know, Mary was in most ways typical of her time Uh, I would imagine her greatest goals in life were, were probably to be a faithful daughter and to have a good marriage and a healthy family and a loving home. What God offered her, of course, was in the long view, much more than that. Since through Mary, God brought his supreme blessing to our world. And yet that was all long term, you know, uh. That would only be fully realized after Mary's earthly life was over. In the short term, though, the cost to Mary of God's blessing, the cost of his witness, was high. And it brought a lot of difficulty into her life. Verse 28 tells us the angel greeted Mary saying, You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now, if we were to hear those words today, we'd likely think, oh, this is great. (laughs) I'm in for something really good. God must be going to give me just what I want for Christmas. And yet you notice that Mary did not respond that way. We're told in verse 29 there that Mary was greatly troubled, in fact, at the angel's greeting. There must have even been some measure of fear in her response, since the first thing the angel says in reply is that she need not be afraid. Gabriel's a perceptive angel, he could sense what was going on. There's a weightiness to God's witness that Mary understood. She seemed to just implicitly recognize that God's blessing, God's favor, God's withness does not automatically mean sunshine and lollipops and lives of ease and riches for us. I mean, think back through history. How many people through history has God chosen who at one time or another turn around and say to him, you know, would you ever maybe consider choosing somebody else? But Mary was different. Mary was not an instant gratification sort of girl. Uh, She was deeper than that. She had a much longer view than most in her world did, than most in our world do today. And that is very likely the reason God chose her. He tends to use people like that, you know. Uh, Noah, Abraham, Moses, David. Isaiah, Daniel, and and just about anyone else he's truly been able to use through the ages. He seems to choose them because they can see the bigger picture, the long view. And so they can trust God for a greater blessing than that which they may see at the moment. Mary was like that. Mary was willing to pay the cost in herself in the short term. To bring God's greater blessing to the rest. Which is just what Jesus did when you stop to think about it. Just like his mother, (laughs) Jesus paid the price, not only in his body, but also in his reputation and in his future, in his relationships. In every aspect of his life, Jesus paid the short-term price in himself to gain God's long-term blessing for the many. So you see, in a way, God found in Mary a Christ-like person to bring Jesus, the Christ, to earth. That's why Mary is remarkable. Remarkable. Throughout history, however, some have tried to exalt her even more highly. Uh, Some have used the word immaculate to describe her, and the act of her bearing Jesus, they call that the immaculate conception. Now, I'll confess, I, I was in my 20s, well into my 20s, before I'd ever heard that phrase. Uh, Up to then, I had only two connections with the word immaculate. The first was a way to describe the condition of a car that was for sale that I was looking at, which (laughs) through life I have found every car seller thinks their car is immaculate and none are. Uh, The second reference to immaculate that I had was the immaculate reception that Franco Harris made for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoff game 51 years ago yesterday December 23rd 1972 is the greatest play in NFL history i don't care what you think or say those are my only two Connections with the word immaculate. But immaculate has been applied to Mary, I learned later. Roman Catholics attribute a perfection to her that's led them to claim things like Mary was born without sin. Mary was sinless or was made sinless when she conceived Jesus. Mary remained sinless for the rest of her life. Mary was never joined together with a sinful person like Joseph, which then led to the doctrine of her perpetual virginity. All of this was based on the Latin Vulgate's translation of the angel's greeting to her, Hail Mary, full of grace. And since the Vulgate was the Bible's translation, the Bible translation, For over a thousand years, the interpretation of the perfection of Mary expanded even beyond what I just said, even into the belief that addressing our prayers to Mary was the way to receive from and through her God's grace. But in addition to the various places in scripture (laughs) that speak against all that, Uh, Like the mention of the existence of Jesus' brothers, for example. And the statements that say, all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. In addition to that, the translations that have come out since the Vulgate show that the actual Greek words there are simply a traditional greeting. Which tell us that just like the rest of us, Mary is a receiver, not a dispenser. Of God's grace. And that is the view that's held by just about everyone outside the Roman church. And even by some within the Roman church. And yet. There was a perfect. Immaculate. Component. To Mary. And it is one that because of Jesus. And the power of his spirit. We can all share. Mary had a perfect heart of love toward God. Mary's trust and confidence in him was pure. She was willing to put everything she was on the line, to give it all away, if need be, for the sake of obedience, to do what God asked her to do. Gabriel's description of what God had in mind for her certainly left her with questions and concerns. At the very least, she knew that if she agreed to this, her life was going to be upended. And yet, Mary's response was simply, verse 38 there, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. That is a pure trust in action, right there. That is a pure trust in action. Now, it's easy to trust God when things are going well, isn't it? It's a lot harder when life takes unknown, unexpected, difficult turns, like Mary's did. That's when faith is tested. And Mary's proves to be as perfect a faith, as immaculate a trust, if you will, as a person can have. To know, to know that going along with what God says means things are going to get crazy in my life. But to go along with it anyway, that is trust. That is belief. That is faith. That is confidence in the goodness of the one calling the shots, you see. So Mary was not in the sense of sin and brokenness, immaculate. No, she was not. But it is hard to imagine how God could have found a more perfect person to work his perfect plan for bringing his perfect son into our imperfect world in order to make imperfect people like us perfectly trusting of him. That's why God sent Jesus on that first Christmas, to create a whole family of people with the same sort of heart toward God that Mary had. Immaculate intent. Immaculate motivation, a perfectly pure love for God. Jesus came to make that possible in you and in me. He didn't come to save us in our sinfulness. Jesus came to save us out of our sinfulness, to make us holy like he is holy. So God might be with us and we might be with God forever. Forever. You know, I wonder how long it took Gabriel to find a girl like Mary. Who'd trust God that much. I wonder if any others were asked. I wonder if, if some were asked and, and they said, oh, no way. When they realized the short-term trouble involved. Regardless of the long-term blessing. I wonder what God might want to do Today. If he could find some people with a confidence, a trust, like Mary had. Might you be someone Gabriel looks for today? To tell you that God wants to do something tremendous. God wants to do something remarkable. God wants to do something perfect (laughs) through you. He'll provide the perfection. All he needs from us is agreement. How'd Mary put it? Lord, I'm your servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. That's really God. That's really what God wants from us, you know. That's what God wants from us for Christmas. Lord, it is amazing to realize all you did in order to be Emmanuel, God with us. You thought of, and then you worked out an immaculate plan to deliver us from sin. So God with us could be a reality. So Father, as you did for Mary, would you give us the grace to always say yes to you? So that your perfect plan might be worked out in our lives. For your glory first. And for the sake of your greater blessing in our world. As Mary did, we lay our lives before you today. And if you are especially speaking to one or two or many of us here today. About something specific. Some way that you would like to use us in order to bring a blessing. To your world. Lord, would you let us hear you as clearly as Mary heard Gabriel that night? And would you let us say yes to your perfect plan for us? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.